King Big Dick was a fat, hairy cylinder of flesh with a middle-aged man's head poised precariously on top. His bare arms poked out of two holes in a delicate golden vest that seemed to have the texture of foil. His thighs were draped with a metallic platinum skirt. His calves were wrapped with ornately patterned sandal straps, his pallid flesh bulging between each loop and knot, porcine and vulgar. He actually wore a crown, Red noted in astonishment, a literal crown, a huge platinum phallus joined together with gel mesh to allow some organic sense of movement flopped and wobbled from its apex. What? (laughs) This is 8-Bit, episode 37. You remind me of the babe on Sunday, May 19th, 2013. And now, the crazy girl with the gun? This episode is hosted by Ian Buck and Ian Decker. That was the best paragraph that I have come across so far in the book RX, A Tale of Electro-Negativity by Robert Brockway, one of the um, uh, editors at Crack.com. I am thoroughly enjoying this book. And so a, a, a giant penis with a penis for a crowd of what? Yeah, yeah. His name is King Big Dick. And it made me think about Grey Dick from the Dark Tower series, which Ryan showed me when we were in junior high. Um, and uh, yeah, so I just I had to share that with the world. <laughs> Everybody go read that book. It's like $5 on Amazon. Good deal. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Mm-hmm. If that doesn't label this as the innuendo show, I don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, that's not, even, that, that, that's not even an innuendo. That's just coming out straight there and saying it. Giant metal-clad penis. Oh, yes. yes. With a penis on top. And they, they go on in, in the book to talk about how, like, you know, the reason that he, uh, you know, calls himself King Big Dick is because he's trying to broadcast this huge sense of insecurity about himself, which he actually totally doesn't have. So it's like a triple, um, kind of reverse psychology thing and I, whatever. The only thing that's going through my head about it right now is, um, if someone, or if he was to ask someone for something and he had a sort of pseudo bag instead of pretty please with a cherry on top. Penis please with a penis on top. Penis blocks. Blocks. Penis <laughs> blocks with a penis on top. Oh, man. If anyone walks past my room and wonders what the hell I'm talking about, I'm not explaining. Nope. Just just <laughs> tell them that you wanted penis. Smile and wave, boys. Smile and wave. <laughs> hey there. Hi. <laughs> Oh, man. So, <laughs> welcome to 8-Bit. The land of thunder cunts! <laughs> Where we talk about um, super safe for work um, content. Super safe. Super safe. <laughs> well, only if it's metal clad. That those rubber clad ones don't work. Yeah, so yeah. Safe. I mean, I mentioned that he had, um, um, you know, a, a skirt on, right? Like, you know, he it wasn't, uh, it was, it was all covered up, right? That leaves too much room. He could slip out then. <laughs> oh, and um, did I mention that in the book he was negotiating with um another person who was basically acting like a little girl, and she wanted to play a game of hide and seek, and he was just making sexual innuendos at her, and. uh yeah. Wait, where is this? <laughs> it doesn't matter where it was. It was in the book. Oh, okay. I was like, wait a second. No, what? yes, yes, no. I wasn't doing this. <laughs> I don't I don't usually make sexual innuendos at little girls who want to play hide and seek. No. Usually. No, I remember who I called a thunder cunt. That's right. 
Uh, Sorry. This is something that we all need to hear. Who's this goldfish? <laughs> oh. Member over chat. Oh, right. That. Okay. I thought you meant you called somebody a thundercut to their face. No, no. Yeah. Not yet, anyway. You At can... least not in, not in any series, you say. <laughs> you can say that to me anytime. Oh, I'll make your cunt thunder. So, we have some listener <laughs> feedback here. And actually, some of it was rather constructive for our show. So, Savannah told me that she doesn't like it when we watch trailers during the show because, you know, they're very um, visual, especially since this is, you know, a video game show. So, most of the things that we watch are all about the graphics and whatnot. Um, so, we're not going to be watching trailers during the show. Um, an exception will be made for things like the smooth dra- jazz trailers from the Leviathan Warships because that was great because there were puns in it and it was just so like off the wall, unexpected. Um, I think, you know, I think we can watch those. But, um, yeah. so what we'll do is during the show, uh, when we, when we come to the point where we would have watched a video, we will let you know that we are talking about a trailer and then the link to the trailer will be in the show notes and you are definitely encouraged to go and listen or watch the trailer. Um, well, listen to it too. If you yes, yes. Um, and then you will know what we are talking about while we're talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. yeah. So Andrew Bailey has a few things. Um, Bayleaf. The Bayleaf. Um, so he, uh, he says, uh, $1 per hour of enjoyment for Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon. You guys don't play m- games for too long then, because my Skyrim is well bef- below 40 cents per hour. Um, and that was, uh, I think in response to what Ryan and Matt and I were talking about, how, you know, $15 for a 15-hour game is, like, way more than reasonable. Um, and I get, I mean, I would say that it's pretty c- common to buy, like, a $50 or $60 game that has a campaign that lasts less than 20 hours. Um... Mm-hmm. And you know? di- didn't I mention that like two shows ago? Maybe when he was the guest. <laughs> so maybe he doesn't have a perfect uh, memory after all. Yeah, oh. whatever. Um, oh, Bailey. And I mean, like for for things like Bioshock Infinite, I mean, yes, I'm probably going to go and play it at least twice. Uh, you know, it's because because I'll get a lot of you know the the things that are happening now that I know the ending, but um. But I mean, like, you know, that, that game took me 13 hours to play and it was $60 and I enjoyed the hell out of it. Like, it was definitely worth $60 just for one playthrough. Wait, how many hours did you say? 13, I think. Yeah, it was like 13 or 13 and a half. It'll, it'll be a game that I'll probably end up purchasing. Yes. Soon. Well, yes, because I told you to. <laughs> and I do everything that you tell me to. Yes, I, you do. I, do. oh man. I'm the boss, minion. Girl, please. Ego vos pedicabo et irumabo. That was Latin. Yes. Oh, oh, speaking of Latin, um, during church today, we sang a song um, about, and and part of it was in Latin, and your mom was like, yeah, we're just going to say this with a V instead of a W, because, oh. uh, because Ian's not here, and, oh. you know, it's easier this way. <sighs> I'm sorry. Mom. <laughs> Mom. Hey, at least she knew that she was doing it wrong. Actually, that doesn't make it any better, does it? Nope. <laughs> in fact, I'm going to shoot her an angry text right now. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, in the meantime, I'm going to talk about what uh, Andrew Bailey said to us. Uh, he also 
says that he's not sure about what the lubrication thing means. Um, and basically that's just about, uh, the fact that I like to drink a lot of water and Ryan likes to yell lubricate every time that I drink water because he thinks it's hilarious because this is an innuendo show. Apparently who would have guessed? Oh no. <laughs> and then also, um, Andrew says that uh, he thought that Steamworks was already free, and that's in response to the article about Valve pushing uh, Steamworks to developers before they go on to Greenlight so that hopefully, you know, the games will be ready to, to be released right away once they get approved through Greenlight. And, I mean, I th- I'm pretty sure that, yes, Steamworks is free to use, but um, but, I you know, I feel like this is just Valve kind of like, forcing it upon people before they get into, onto green light more than, you know, just making it free for them. Um, so, yeah. You done with that text message? Just sent it. Awesome. All right. So, headlines is, I believe, where we're at now, yes? Correct. Okay. So, this is one of the videos that you guys need to go and check out. And, and I mean, it's one of those ones that will get you oh, caught this... up in thinking that it's not even a video game anymore. This was an amazing video. Like... Even if even if you don't care about the video game that it's talking about, it's just a really powerful video. Mm-hmm. So the makers of the game, Remember Me, have released a new video. The video itself is not of gameplay, but rather a scenario much like a TED Talk or other knowledge convention. The concept itself seems beyond interesting, beyond interesting so count me in. Yeah, so basically they've got this guy who... He's got a great voice. Oh. And he's talking about, um, you know, the, the next kind of social media, the next internet that is going to not just, you know, be sharing videos and stuff, but sharing emotion, sharing memories, um, which, of course, you know, is the concept behind the game, Remember Me. So that's kind of the tie-in to the game. But dang. And and they had a lot of footage in there from, like, um, you know, classic YouTube videos, like, you know, the... Uh, um, flinging themselves into water th- with, like, you know, the uh, the ATV pulling the rope and stuff like that, you know. Um, yep. Stuff that you'll recognize. If you've been on the internet. Yeah, which, of course, Ryan has not, because Ryan yep. doesn't do that. I mean, what, what does he do then? I mean, he sits around at his computer all day. Um, he's got this thing called, like, Sublime Text, and it just kind of does um, text stuff, and he puts text into it, and it does things for him. Okay. It's called software development. Ah. Yeah. Ah. So, Google I.O. happened this uh, this last week, and they had lots and lots of awesome announcements. None of them had to do with hardware, though. Um, and one in particular was important for gamers. They introduced the game, the Google Play game service. This is a free SDK for developers, um, and it uses Google Plus to bring leaderboards, achievements, uh, cloud saving, and real-time matchmaking to uh, Android, iOS, and web games. And it is supported on Android 2.2 and up. So basically, you have absolutely no excuse not to have a phone that can handle this thing. Unless you have a dumb phone, in which case you need to get a new phone. Well, or just an Android phone, period. I mean, my phone is five years old or so, and it's not Android in the least bit. No, I know. It's a dumb phone. Girl, please. Um, yeah, no, that's not a smartphone. Just because it has no, a touchscreen. It, yeah, it's a dumb phone. No, it's not a smartphone. It doesn't mean it's dumb. It just doesn't mean it's smart. All right. I think those are pretty, like, mutually exclusive terms. No, it's not black or white. There is a gray middle. No. Yes. No, there is not. Yes. No. God damn it. Sean has converted you onto his side of the argument, hasn't he? Uh, no, that would be, is it casual? 
and he thinks that all phones are casual, so screw him. No, I was just talking about... Never mind. Um, but I did get a text back. No one was there who would have cared. I was covering for Bob. It's his fault. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that Bob would have gotten it right, though. <laughs> yeah. Now she's asking who, who blabbed on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your mom's great. <laughs> Remember that time when um, I got... I got that, was it Valentine's Day? And I got a thing from your mom. Yes. And I, and <laughs> that was hilarious. And then you went around bragging to the entire school how I got a Valentine's Day card from Ian's mom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. <laughs> oh, by the way, I didn't go to the, uh, the Venture Crew, um, um, shindig this weekend. Um, but I really wanted to because every year when I go, I, j- I break some hearts. I just can't help myself. People fall in love with me, and then, and, okay. and then they have to let me go. With uh, wow, mm-hmm. which one? Which ones are you referring to? The the Venture Crew Shindig, which is like you know a bunch of different Venture Crews all in one place. Oh. Yeah, and so there's a bunch of girls that I'm never going to see again outside of the Venture Crew Shindig, and for some reason they just fall in love with me over the course of the weekend, and then I you know break their hearts, I have to leave. See, that's why you're going about it all wrong. What you do is you're single, and you buy a pack of tent and condoms, and then you go in. Ah, yes, right, because that'll totally work. Actually, it might. All night, every night. Oh, my gosh, it might work. <laughs> See if you can get a record as to how many you can get in a single night. Right. And as, then you can As if I have well the stamina lubricated. for that. Well, all you have to do is stay well lubricated. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hell, you're a runner. You've got more stamina than I do. And, so. Dude, I only went for run, one run since I got home from school. And I got to Lake Phelan, and I was like a quarter of the way around it when I started dry heaving because I hadn't drank enough water beforehand. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it was bad. And then oh, I had geez. to like, I had to walk part of the way home until I was like well enough to start jogging again. That's why we drink water, kids. Stay well hydrated. Yep. You want your pee to be clear and copious. Yep. And I know you have more stamina than me, and I'm not going to go into detail about stem- my stamina. Okay, can we get back to the headlines? <laughs> we were supposed to be talking about headlines or something. This is the innuendo show. You have to mix them in. We'll have plenty of opportunity. Don't worry. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'll mix with you any day. One of the side effects of this is the games that... <laughs> See, the problem is there was a segue between those two stories, and it doesn't work because we just have been talking about lubrication. What are the side effects of lubrication? No! <laughs> all right, so going back, um, this is in relation to all the news that uh, Google announced at its IRL. So one of the side effects of this is that the games section of Google Plus is going away. It's up to each game's developer to decide what is going to happen to each game and if you'll be able to get something if you spent money in-game. Yep. So, the official mod tool for The Witcher 2 called RedKit is actually officially out now. We've been hearing about it for a couple of months now, and uh, it's actually... I, I think it, it, like, was leaked last week, but it's actually officially out now. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Actually... Something that you missed that I I was a little disappointed at with the Google I.O. Instead of a bunch of awesome, or you said a bunch of awesome announcements instead of a bunch of juicy announcements. 
announcements. Oh, I'm sorry. I should have Jesse known. brings a much better image to mind. I'll, keep, right. I'll keep that in mind next time. Nintendo has won the court case against Motiva LLC, who were suing for patent infringements in the Wii's motion controller. The court sided with Nintendo because Motiva was doing nothing with the patent. Yeah, if you're going to be a patent troll, don't try to sue Nintendo because Nintendo won't just roll over and give you money. So, since Watch Dogs centers around hacking everything that's, you know, in the world around you, it's pretty comforting to know that the Ubisoft Montreal is consulting with Kaspersky Lab to portray it as realistically as possible. So, you know, we won't have any of these BS hacking mini-games about, you know, know, getting water through pipelines or getting past these little colored squares to the middle of a circle or whatever. So, you know, it's going to be super realistic and it's going to be just like Rat in the movie The Core. So we're going to actually learn how to hack from the game. Oh, sure. Oh, actually, that would be interesting. Destroy the entire city. <laughs> With our own fun. What first, is Kaspersky Lab again? Uh, they, they make uh, an antivirus program. Ah, okay. Yep. So basically, now that they're doing this, they'll know that they just have to... Actually, this will probably be a really big boost in revenue for them because they'll know exactly how to counter whatever anyone decides to do with the hacking stuff. Well, I mean, I don't think that um, the type of hacking that's going to happen in the game is actually possible right now because, like, the 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 concept is that the entire city is has got this big, you know, computer network that controls everything in the city, basically, uh, and so that's what you're hacking into most of the time. Um, but yeah. yeah I mean, I, I don't think that the uh, game developers are going to come up with any new and novel ways of hacking things that we haven't heard of before. <laughs> that would be kind that's of scary. What you think. Look what I just found in this. Uh, it's a <laughs> card that says Merry Christmas. <laughs> well, It's a $10 gift card to Target that I forgot was in here. Nice. All right, so The Novelist is the latest game from Kent, er, from Kent Hudson, a game designer who worked on Bioshock 2 and Deus Ex Invisible War. The concept is that you are a ghostly presence following the family of a writer. In the words of the creator, the novelist asks one central question. Can you achieve your dreams without pushing away the people you love? The decisions you make will define the Kaplan's lives, but they may also tell you something about yourself. The game is on Steam Greenlight now. Oh my. Yeah, it sounds like a really cool, really cool idea. And kind of depressing, actually. (laughs) But yeah. If you uh if you remember the arcade game Breakout, you're probably way older than we are. But Google is giving us all the opportunity to play it through an Easter egg. If you search for Atari Breakout on Google Images, then the image results will become the blocks in the game. Yup. And I tried this out on my Chromebook. Kind of laggy on that one. Works fine on my desktop though. Yeah, I would expect so. Especially with uh, the, the graphics are a little difficult to deal with. Oh yeah, so. for your what do you got like a six seventy or something? Or I mean, uh, sixty seven seventy. Yeah, so best one from a few years ago. I think that's what two years old. Yeah, yeah, it's the best one from like three years ago or somewhere thereabouts. Then at the end of this summer, Crossfire. <laughs> oh, that's gonna be pretty. All right, so we have another video that you guys need to go and check out. The sixth Vault Hunter is available from Borderlands Two. Creed the Psycho has a risk versus reward combat system and is here to show you what a badass truly is. He costs 10 bucks. NVIDIA Shield, the Android Power handheld gaming platform, is coming out in June for $350. If you signed up for the Project Shield newsletter, you can pre-order it now. Ooh, hey, maybe I should just replace my tablet with that. Nah. 
I'm disappointed. Okay. What? You. <laughs> Whatever. Ubisoft has begun work on a prototype for Zombie U2, which should be welcome news to Wii U owners. Rift is going free-to-play starting on June 12th. All zones, dungeons, and content will be available to all players, and a new in-game store will open to support the game. Yeah, so that's um that's an MMO that I think Leaf and, you know, that group of people really got into when it launched. Um, so... I know, well, it, it launched, actually, on Steam. There was some Steam mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. So probably worth checking out, I'd say. Yeah, no, it's it's absolutely beautiful, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, I want to play it now, and it's probably going to be something that I do with another group of friends. Yeah. Um, EA is putting a lot of faith in the Frostbite engine. They have already told us that all of their next-gen console and PC titles will run on it, and now they have revealed that they are making a mobile version of it as well. That's pretty exciting, especially yeah. for you know people who have mobile things. So gender equality is something that the gaming industry has struggled with a lot, um, and often you know the CEOs of uh, the companies don't help. So the CEO of Meteor Entertainment, who are the makers of Hawken, he has this favorite poster uh, that has a scantily clad female engineer that he's put up in his office, right? And uh, a couple of the employees pulled a prank on him by making a similar poster with a scantily clad male engineer. And uh, after, you know, his initial shock, the CEO thanked the employees for calling out him out on his BS. And he took them both to lunch and uh, decided that from now on, they're going to put up those two posters side by side, uh, you know, everywhere that they go. And uh, in in the uh, article, they have, of course, a a picture of both of the posters. They uh, are pretty damn sexy. I like the one on the right. Of course you do. He's got a nice package. Oh, yeah. All them rippling muscles. I feel like I can ride them waves all day. Do we have a wild Matthew or a wild rabbit? Or both? Rabbit? What? There's nothing there. No. Sorry, I, smiled, I saw you smiling at Ryan and pointing at the what looked to be no, the No, no, I, so I, 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 was, I was pointing at the screen because I wanted him to see the uh, posters. Uh, okay. All right. Um, let's see. We have another video uh, for you guys to go and watch on your own time. Ubisoft released the first Assassin's Creed 4 trailer with Edward Kenway's voice. He tells us a little about his motivations, which appear to consist heavily of stick it to the man. Yep, he just doesn't like powerful people, and he wants to murder their butts. Just like me. Yeah, wait, what? Okay. How much power do you have, Buckface? Uh, over 9,000. You're number one. <laughs> Also, I'm going to stop making that reference because that reference needs to die. I disagree. Well, you like the internet too much. Actually, I also saw um, the other day probably the weirdest crossover I have ever seen. Do tell. It was this really weird thing where it was a crossover between Dragon Ball, um, One Piece, and this one other show that I don't know, but basically it's all about food. And the stronger the f- or the better the cook you are, the stronger you make stuff. So like the main characters' moves all have to do with food. So like there's a spoon, there's a fork, there's a knife, <gasps> stuff like that. And so this is like a fan made video. That's just... no. What is it? What? It was an actual video. What? That's bizarre. An actual story arc combining all three. And I mean, it was in Japanese, and I'm used. And actually, it completely threw me for a loop because I'm used to hearing the um, for Goku his English voice, mm-hmm. which makes him sound all right. 
but the Japanese voice, it's high pitched. <laughs> and I mean, uh, it was explained to me that the, the that one of the charms of Goku, one of the reasons why he's so good at just being a good person, is because he's too stupid to do anything else. And part of that was was reflected on by his voice in the Japanese version. Hmm. So just imagine this high pitched Japanese voice with this guy who I'm used to hearing with the voice down here ish. That reminds me of when we watched um, Shrek in Spanish, and uh, Donkey's voice is all nasally, and it was, yeah, it was really bizarre. Oh, boy. Yeah. So. Apparently, Eddie Murphy is nasally? I don't know. Well, in Spanish, he is. So, speaking of zombie, you. <laughs> Einstein. So, do you remember Patrice, the uh, guy who got fired from Ubisoft last week? He he was the one who uh you know left Ubisoft, joined THQ Montreal, and then Ubisoft bought THQ Montreal, and he's you know he was back at, Mo- at Ubisoft again, and then they fired him. No. Okay. Well, he. Uh, I remember the guy from Microsoft, or was it Sony? Someone got really pissed in one of those companies, um, and basically had a war. No, the the internet. The comment that the guy was making about the internet and the Xbox 720. Oh, that. Well, yeah. That was different guy. That was different. That was completely different. Yeah. Um, but so the project that he was, that Patrice was working on, which was called 1666, has been canceled because I I guess Ubisoft didn't like it. Hmm. Dicks. For a developers of the recently released Metro Last Light had to overcome poor conditions and budget shortages during production. They sat on folding chairs, had to sneak hardware and develop and dev kits in from the U.S. Their executive producer was told by Georgian thugs to clear out his apartment. They worked in freezing conditions in their winter gear, and they had to bring in generators to continue working during power outages. Yeah. Video game, video game development in the Ukraine is hardcore, apparently, just like everything else in Ukraine. <laughs> so Steam has been dabbling in gamification for quite a while. Gamification. They, yeah, they've been offering ba- ba- Oh my god, you've got me doing a weird voice. <laughs> no, badges. Do you live? Do you live up to the badge? Um, they've been offering badges during seasonal sales and giving uh, you a rating based on how much you played over the last two weeks. But now they're going full on by introducing the Steam trading cards. You collect them by playing, participating games, and trading with other players. And once you get an entire set, you can craft badges, get profile backgrounds, coupons, and much more. Yep. What? Yeah. So, like, um, right now, I think the only games that are participating are, um, you know, Portal 2, Dota 2, Team Fortress 2, um, Half-Life 2, uh, Let's see, Don't Starve, and there may have been something else, but it's pretty much a, a bunch of Valve games. And um, you can get up to half of the deck that's associated with that game um, in, you know, by playing the game. And then, and then you have to get the rest of the cards by uh, trading with other people. And, and so once you get an entire deck, then you can craft it into like a badge or upgrade a badge or something like that. It's all very confusing and um, kind of, arbitrary hmm. yeah well i own all those games except for don't starve so. yeah and then um there's they're they're bringing in like a new type of profile um to support this so like if you look at a few of the guys who are who have been doing these trading card things um they've got crazy background images and and you know lots of pretty things on their profile pages and it uh i don't know it kind of seems like bs to me 
because I mean, I shouldn't have to, you know, buy games from them and play those games in order to get things on my profile page. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I see it as a little bonus. And I mean, especially for games that we already own, it's just more motivation to go back and play them. Sure. Yeah. Or just, you know, have your computer sit there and play them because it's based only on gameplay time. Really? Yep. Oh. Yep. Oh. Did I forget to mention that? Yeah. 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 Oh. Portal 2 co-op when you come and visit. <laughs> sure. I mean, we have to work through Borderlands too. <laughs> that too. But I mean, we'll have oh, some time for that. Yeah, I need to remember to bring my desktop. Yeah, Shouldn't be too bad. I'm not exactly sure what we'll do for a desk for you when the time comes. But I wasn't sure until the day that you came and I, uh, you know, threw something together and it worked quite well. Yeah. It might be you lounging on the futon with your screen sitting on the um, on the footrest and then you just have mouse and keyboard on your lap and on the futon. You know, I'm okay with this. <laughs> so, Google loves their Chrome experiments, many of which are games. They demoed one called Racer at, Gu- at Google I.O. Google. At Giggle. <laughs> at Giggle. Bad. It works by placing up to five mobile devices running Chrome side by side and going to the website. A racetrack is created that spans the screens, and each player controls how fast a car goes by tapping on their screen. Yeah, it was really, really cool. And Ryan and I tried it with a few, um, two Nexus 7s and a Nexus 4. And, uh, that was before I broke my Nexus 7. But, uh, yeah. And it, it works. It just works. And it's really crazy because the racetrack is going across three different screens and the cars are like going consistently. And it was just crazy. It's crazy, man. Mm-hmm. The power of the web. The web. Power of the voodoo. Voodoo. You voodoo? No, Do voodoo. what? You remind me of the babe. Okay, are we going to start from the beginning? Sure. You the, remind me of the babe. What babe? The babe with the power. What power? The power of the voodoo. Who do? You do. Do what? Remind me of the babe. Okay. Have you read the Nintendo thing? No, I haven't because I, I'm putting the thing in there. Um. So, Nintendo does some pretty silly things sometimes, and uh, today is one of those days. So, they're claiming ad revenue on user-made Let's Play videos of Nintendo games. Doesn't that seem like BS to you? I mean, like, like most other companies are just fine with people, you know, capturing video from their, from their games and posting it all over the internet. Um, you know, a lot of them even support this, you know, EA for one has, uh, Twitch TV integrated into, into Origin. Um, but Nintendo wants that ad revenue because apparently they don't make enough money already. And actually, Microsoft isn't much better. They've put a clause into their terms of service stating that people cannot make money from videos that they've captured from their games. Hmm. Yeah. So, wait a minute. So, that must mean that Red vs. Blue can't have ads on them ever. That's interesting. And they can't sell it anymore as box sets. Right. Well, um... No, I think they can sell it as box sets, but they can't... It specifically adds that they can't make money off of. Okay. Yeah. But, that's, man, yeah, that seems like BS. Yeah. So, I mean, how free advertising for them. Exactly, yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, people do silly things. All right, so the 3.7 patch of League of Legends is bringing us custom item sets, which will allow you to pick out items that you would like to use with specific champions on specific maps. Those items will then show up on the recommended items area. Seems pretty convenient. It's, oh, my, yes. Um, they have a recommended item 
systems at, that they had built in, which you couldn't really do anything. And oftentimes, um, people found that homebrew item sets and guild orders worked a hell of a lot better than those. Well, but it was just a matter of memorizing. Yeah. Because the, the people who it put together the recommended sets are people, and, you know, they're not perfect. They're not going to yeah. be able to figure out what's the best, best, best. Nope. Especially not like us. Um, <laughs> but so this gives you the ability to get those sets in, get it so that you don't have to go and pull up a guide each and every time you want to play that hero if it's one that you haven't seen in a while or And also it'll whatever. just save you time, you know, because you won't have to go back to, you know, the offense, the defense, the um, whatever other categories they have in the in the store and find whatever it is you're looking for. Um, and that, you know, yeah, yeah. So is the, is the 3.7 patch out yet or is that an upcoming thing? I, the article didn't really say, I think it might be out. Let me just log in. I'll double check and see if I can get at my also speaking of updates, team fortress two just got an update. And for the first time ever, this update is an entirely community created. That includes all of the items, the trailer, the website and the comic book. Everything in it was made by the fans. Hmm. Item sets. They have them available now. Wow, nice. So I'll probably name them by character and which way that I want to go to the character, because there's a few characters that I play either way, like Yi or Tristana. Do you remember either of those characters from when you oh, yeah. that you've played? Yep, let's see. Tristana's the one the crazy girl with the gun, right? With the cannon, yes. Yes. The tiny girl. Is that a cannon. rocket in my pocket? No, is that a rocket in your pocket? Right. That's her. Then Yi. Who's just kind of scary all around. Mm hmm. No, Yi is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. So, either you can play either one, either as an attack damage character or as a magic damage character. Um, and there's strengths and weaknesses to each. Um, obviously, like Tristana, all of her abilities have ridiculously good scaling. So, the more, um, more damage, magic damage that you have built up with items, uh, the more damage her abilities do, and it's an unusually high amount for most of the stuff. Um, like her ultimate will take the amount of magic damage that you've built up through items, multiply it by one and a half, and then add it to your... Holy crap. I mean, it's still not as scary as AP Nunu. Do you remember Nunu? Uh, the um, sad mummy guy? No, that was Amumu. Amumu. Who's Nunu? Nunu is the Yeti rider. Oh, him. Okay, yeah. He has this ultimate where it's this Man, giant. All of these all of these champions that you're mentioning are champions that have been around for as long as I can remember. Yeah, um, but like it, it's still not as bad as the new new scaling. The new new scaling is just ridiculous. On his alt base damage on the alt is one thousand two hundred and fifty damage. Then it has either a two or a two point five scaling. I don't remember off the top of my head. But if you go full AP new new, then you just kind of clean the house because your ultimate does 4,000 damage, which is enough to basically insta-give the entire enemy team. Nice. But Yi, um, Yi is really ridiculous with AP because his his Q hits four targets, and it hits for a lot of damage. Um, but then it has a decently long cooldown. Um, his meditate ability uh, with has ridiculous scaling with the amount of health that it gives you back, plus the armor and MR. So if you remember from the video that we watched in the Fringe, there was that time where it was all this stupidly slow stuff where the enemy team was all, all attacking the Yi. Yeah. The Yi's AP Yi can do that just because they have that much health regen and that much armor and magic resistance. They can... That was the time when he finally died, though, right? Yeah. Okay. 
And then his ultimate makes it so that every time you kill an enemy, after, when you have it activated, you it resets all cooldowns. Oh, man. So if the entire enemy team is low, you can just go in and pop in and murderize everything with your Q and just keep Actually, on going. That reminds me kind of of Krieg, because one of the one of the trees, if you go like all the way to the bottom, um, every single time that you kill an enemy, your health will go back to full. Yeah, literally. But I think you have to do that with his the the axe that he has. So you just go running around murdering people with axes, getting like as low you know with your health as possible, but then just jumping back up. And yeah, it's it's like my demo night build for <laughs> Team Fortress Two. Oh man! Just charge, get in all their faces, and then kill something. Which uh, because of the sword that I have pops me back up to full health. Nice ridiculousness. Alright, so the Assassin's Creed movie, which we still know nothing about, is slated to come out May 22nd, 2015. So, we have a bit of a wait. Yeah, and it's kind of too bad because I'm not sure where the Assassin's Creed series will be at that point. Um, and, you know, with, with movies, it, I mean, it takes a while to make a movie, right? So they yeah. obviously have to write the movie before, like, way before they start working on it. Um, so... I'm not sure how well that will kind of tie into the rest of the series. So a pre-order for deal for Batman Arkham Origins has revealed that Deathstroke will be a playable character. We're not sure if this means that you'll get to play him, you know, during the main story, the way that you could play Catwoman during um, um, Arkham City, um, or if, like, he's only a character that's available during the challenge mode or anything like that, but he's playable. Yeah, that'll be kind of cool and scary at the same time. Or sorry, scary bit comes in because I'm also thinking about the the next bit. Among the Sleep, the upcoming horror game where you play as a two-year-old, just successfully completed their Kickstarter campaign with $50,000 more than their $200,000 goal. I love it how um on their on their Kickstarter page, the you know the the amount for their initial goal, the it, it stated that uh, at this point. All of the team members will get to go out and buy ice cream. <laughs> and so then when they, when they reached, you know, their initial goal, um, they posted a picture of all of them standing together with ice cream. And they're like, thanks guys, <laughs> it was really good. <laughs> so they have good senses of humor. Oh yeah. I like these guys. I'm going to get this game even though I don't really do horror games that much. Oh, but it's, <laughs> so doesn't it sound good? Like, you're a two year old. <laughs> Everything I'm excited, scary. but I'm not. <laughs> yes, everything is scary, especially for me. You're just a big teddy bear. Oh, oh wait. I, did, like, I like cuddling. As long as you're uh, not following like Annie around, I'm fine with you. Because then you're a scary big teddy bear. Have you seen my bear, Tibbers? So, our main topic today is uh, alternative controllers and displays. Because over the last few months, we've seen like more and more of these crazy, um, you know, alternative control schemes that are coming out. And I mean, obviously, like not all of these can possibly succeed because there's just too many of them, you know. Um, really cool. But yeah, they they're pretty darn cool. Um, Isn't I, bad that? Sorry to interrupt. One, the bottom one is augmented reality goggles. Uh huh. But the first thing that my brain read when it started when it saw it was augmented reality giggles. Oh, I thought you were going to say Googles. That's too bad. Oh, not Googles. I giggles. wanted Googles. 
Fine, you can have your Googles. But it was giggles for me. Stinky football! Oh, man. Who put on caps lock? <laughs> Stinky Ford. And I just messed that up. All right, so uh, first one was, holy crap, you can control games with your mind. The developers of Son of Nor have added compatibility with the Emotive Epoch, a brain-computer interface device. Watch this video of their lead developer casting magic without touching the keyboard. And he was really, really excited about this. Understandably, like, it's really yeah. cool. But he's sitting there in front of his computer just going, and raise the sand and lower the sand and raise the sand. Oh, I'm going to try it now without moving my hands because, he, you know, he's since since he's thinking about raising stuff, he's moving his hands up because that's kind of your natural instinct. Um, but, yeah, it's it, – oh, man, it looks cool. Uh-huh. I'm not sure, it probably won't be as efficient from a gameplay perspective as pushing buttons, you know, to do magic, but seriously, like... Not yet. Not yet, no. Um, But this is just kind of like the first step towards, you know, us being able to literally just be in the game and not have, uh, you know, ridiculous control schemes that we have to worry about. We'll just, you know, do it naturally. Actually, I could see this as a way for some people who have problems with gaming because of hand-eye coordination stuff. Like, I know a lot of the members of my family have trouble with gaming just because they lack the hand-eye coordination for it. This would take a lot of that with the toolkits that you would have to use for magic and be able to you just have you just think about it. Mm-hmm. And actually, and, and um, you know, that, that video that we watched a few weeks ago of the guy playing League of Legends who had, I forget, I forget what disability, but, you know, he had to play it with um, his feet were on a, a special game pad that, you know, had a couple of buttons and he used a pen in his mouth to hit the hotkeys. And then I think he used like his shoulder or something. Um, and, and he, and the video was of him getting a pentakill. Yeah. But like, imagine, you know, if, uh, once we have, uh, like really good, uh, mind control interfaces for games, imagine what he'll be able to do. I mean, you know, like it won't be a difference between him and, and you or I playing the game. Yeah, and actually I see a lot of medical possibilities with this as well. Like for a bunch of people with, um, like if they lose limbs in wars, they, there's this thing called phantom limb syndrome where mm-hmm. they feel like they their brain still registers that they have a limb even though they don't actually have one. Um, and so that can actually stay clenched up and cause them pain, or at least their brain interprets it as being pain because the stuff doesn't do uh, sit there and do that. So if you're able to get that there and maybe um, combine it with some VR goggles hmm. or something like that, you could turn it into a medical use too. Yeah, and um, I think the 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 device, the the brain computer interface device that they that they're using for this uh, game is actually does have a, other you know. A, applications that it's usually used for and they just kind of partnered with those guy that 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 company to uh um you know you to bring it to their game um i mean like even with just prosthetics yeah um so a company called mad genius controllers has created a prototype splittable motion controller that can be used with any game even games that were not designed for motion control and it's a pretty remarkable bit of engineering. Um, and they have a video that uh, we have a link to. And it shows them playing Skyrim with it. 
So the controller is actually just kind of an Xbox 360 controller that uh, has been split down the middle. And uh, the system can sense where exactly where in the room each half of the controller is. So um, the like the things that they did with it was in order to shoot arrows, um, you know, she split the controller and then held it out as though she was holding a bow and then just kind of used the uh, the right trigger whenever she wanted to you know, pull back and, and release arrows. And the, the amount of, of, um, sensitivity on it was, I think it was like in the hundreds of inches. Um, so while, while she was shooting at targets that were really far away, she literally had to hold her breath because breathing was moving the controller so much that, you know, the, that, that she was going to miss what she was aiming at. Like, that's how much uh that that's how much control they have there um and then they also you know had had things like um changing the uh the view from third person to first person was you know a touching the left side of the controller to your forehead kind of motion um in order to go into uh werewolf mode she held both uh both uh, sides of the controller above her head and uh yeah it was it was pretty awesome and, you know, the left side and the right side control different things. So, like, while she's in werewolf mode, they just control the, which paw is, is, uh, attacking. Um, and while she's, uh, while she was a regular human, you know, and she was fighting people, she used the left one to raise her shield. And, uh, you know, swinging with the right one was, you know, literally just swinging with her sword. Um, and also she could, like, walk around the room and her character would follow her around the room. Um, it was really cool. So it's like everything they were trying to do with Legend of Zelda, um, or with the one that came out for the Wii. Skyward Sword? Um, yes, Skyward Sword, where they have precision, or I can see them doing that with this one, where they have precision motion capture stuff, like which, well, it's more like which direction you slash your sword, and there's enemies that you yep. have to be able to do that specifically with, or at least pay attention to which direction certain things are so that you actually hit them in the right way. And the great thing about this is that it can work with like any game, um, because like obviously no games are designed with, with this controller in mind. And the controller just interprets all of the things that you're doing with it and then literally just sends in standard button inputs into the system. So, you know, the Xbox that they were playing it on and the version of Skyrim that they were playing it on were completely standard. Um, and the only, the only difference was the controller. Okay. So, yeah. Crazy awesome. I just hope they also have a way to move with... I could see that being really handy as long as with the splitting thing. Mm-hmm. You're able to use one to um, uh, move and the other one to possibly look around when you're not in bow mode. Right, yeah. Um, uh, like, you can still use all of the buttons and the analog controls as you normally would. Yeah. It's just kind of, you know, an added option of motion controls on top of that. And actually, come to think of it, this is kind of similar to the controller that Sam and I came up with, um, because we, we decided that our deal, our ideal controller would be a sphere that had kind of, um, you know, it had a couple of analog sticks under your thumbs, and then the, each of the fi- areas where your fingers were would be slightly kind of depressed so that, you know, you, you, you had a nice grip, and then there could be buttons uh, you know, two buttons for each of your fingers, and you have, and that way you have like tons and tons of buttons to uh to mess with, and then you just hold this ball in front of you, and you can 
do stuff with it. And then we, we were also considering, you know, well, what if you can split it and, uh, and do stuff with, with each, uh, half of the ball. But then we realized that we were basically just cupping breasts and, uh, and we stopped because we were in the middle of a cafe talking about this. It, it was wonderful. Perfect. All right. And then some other, um, a few other things that we've talked about on this show were the stinky footboard, which I think we mentioned. Wasn't that where we had, wasn't that the one where we had the League of Legends guy? No, 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 no. That's, um, that's different. The stinky footboard adds four buttons, um, that you control with your foot. Um, and I don't know. I mean, it's just, you know, kind of more hotkeys. It's not, nothing really special. And it caught, and, and it costs like way too much for, for oh, yeah. what it is. It was like $120 or something like that. And like, no, yeah, 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 I don't really nice. need that. Then there was the Oculus Rift, which we've geeked out about. Oh my god. Nerd, nerdgasmed on several occasions about. Um, beyond the screen projectors. Yep. So Microsoft filed a patent a, a while ago for a system that would take, you know, so you have your, your TV screen where you're playing your game and then it would just kind of like project like peripheral stuff, like more, more of the game world around your TV on your walls and stuff so that you could be like completely surrounded with what you would be seeing in the game world if you actually had, you know, a 360 degree view. Um, and I don't know. I mean, it doesn't seem like a great idea to me because everybody's rooms are different and chant, like, you might not even have a good color on your walls for projecting onto. And if there's items, you know, it's not, it, I, I don't really think that's going to work very well. Just stick with the Oculus. Exactly. Stick with the Rift. Uh, there was Valve's biometric sensors. Mm hmm. The, um, the, the sweat meter, um, and, uh, what was, oh yeah, you can control portal with your eyes now, apparently. Hmm. Well, there's a version of portal that can be controlled with your eyes. I don't think it's the version that's out, you know, for the rest of us, but yeah. It's not currently anyway. And then, then there are these augmented reality goggles that were actually being worked on, um, at Valve. And then the, the guys who were working on it were fired from Valve. I'm actually not sure why they were fired. But, um, Valve was kind enough to say, oh, you guys are actually really, really into what you were working on. Here, have the patents for it. You can just go and work on, you know, these augmented reality goggles that you were working on at Valve and keep all of the stuff for it. Um, so I, they are pretty crazy. They, they kind they have like these projectors like right above the lenses and mirrors and, and stuff. Um, and they apparently, you know, they, they can make you kind of see objects in the world that aren't really there in the world. So, yeah. yeah. That's cool. Any idea why they fired them in the first place? Uh, we don't know. But, I mean, it doesn't sound like it was, you know, you guys suck, go away. Because, you know, they literally let them keep working on what they were working on at Valve. Yeah. Good guy, Gabe. <laughs> He's watching. I'm watching you, Wazowski. Always watching. I can't do it for your boss voice. But basically, it's, it's really cool how a video game is coming more and more off the screens and off the TVs and not into us. Yeah, and I mean, I thought I was really special when I got my 3D monitor. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's so awesome. But like, really, the stuff that's, that, that is in concept right now are just so much cooler than what I have. 
I mean, we, we also didn't talk about some of the ones that have the bodily effects. Like there was the suit that was going to have um, electro... Uh, it would react to the games electronically to cause your muscles to spasm in certain ways. So oh, yes. Going on. Yes, or there yes. Was also the force suit. feedback. That's It was called force feedback. Yep. Yes. And there was also another suit that had a similar thing, except for it would use pressure plates sort of on the inside to show where different things were getting hit and whatnot. So it, video games is, they're turning more and more of our imagination into reality. It's a cool thing. It's a crazy thing. And I can't wait to see where it takes us. The future. It's almost here. The future. The year is 2007. <laughs> the apocalypse has had an apocalypse. Out of the ashes of Vietnam, Vietnam War Three, arise a new type of hero. <laughs> oh, man. And I hear, I hear that you finished that game, Far Cry oh, 3 Blood Dragon. My. Yes. And uh, you enjoyed it immensely? Oh my, yes. I am going to force my dad to play that while I'm away at camp. Good choice. I know that he'll enjoy it too. Well, of course, wearing the headphones too, just because yeah. it tends to cuss off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, I wish, that, I wish that my dad was into this kind of stuff. My dad, when we were younger, my dad and I would stay up till two or three in the morning on weekend nights playing video games together. Hey, you know what? We need to get your dad to play RuneScape with us. We did. No, now. (laughs) You know, this summer while we're playing it this summer. You know you're going to get way farther than I am. Oh, it's going to be great. I'm also going to get way more tan than you, remember? Hey. You won't try. Oh, yeah. You won't try. You are so going down. Your farmer's tan will pale in comparison to my farmer's Ah, yes, yes. Except the underboot. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Farmer's tan, excuse me, when do I ever wear shirts? Ever. When there's no shirt, no service. When there's no shirt, no shoes, no service policies. Yeah, I actually got busted uh, at food service for that. Not for the no shirt, for the no shoes. Yeah. It was yeah, BS. They have that rule here at Gustavus, too. And I'm whenever I don't wear shoes for the day, I'm like, eat, but no shoes. But eat, but no shoes. Okay. And occasionally, if I'm really hungry, I'll just kind of sneak in. So, shh. So, I have a game that I can review this week. Um, I've been playing a fair bit of Beat Hazard. So, yes, no, not like that. (laughs) I don't even know what Beat Hazard is to that. Hand calluses, maybe? Oh my god, shut up. (laughs) Dude, you need more lubrication. So, oh no, he's gonna go get... Oh, great, great. Suave. <laughs> so, no. um, so you I get that for my elbows because uh-huh. they get yep. ash to the point where they bleed. You mean your weenuses? I need to lubricate my weenuses, <laughs> otherwise they get dry and crack. So, oh, hey, on my floor at uh, at in Morris, we uh, we developed the greeting of fondling each other's weenuses. So whenever, you know, you you came into a room, you would just walk up to the nearest person and just grab them in the elbow and, you know, squeeze it. And it freaked people out for the first few weeks. Uh, but then they got just got used to it, and it was great. Yep. It was wonderful. Sounds like I would fit in there. <laughs> of course. So They haven't had a good jazz program. Beat Hazard. <laughs> uh, so you remember the game Audio Surf? I've seen you play it. 
Yeah, so I haven't never actually played it. So basically, Audio Surf takes uh, you know a song from your computer, and it uh, it creates a track based on kind of you know the the rhythm of the song, the tone of the song, um, and you know it affects the gameplay of the game depending on what song you're playing. Um, have you ever heard of of uh, Geometry Wars? Yes. Okay. So that one is a, a twin stick, um, you know, basically shooting, uh, two dimensional shooting at other spaceships as they're flying around trying to get you. Um, it's like asteroids. It's like asteroids on, on steroids. Yes. Um, it puts the steroids in asteroids. Um, oh. Uh-huh, uh-huh, that was good. That was good. Um, I never thought of it before I did. I'm well, Beat Hazard, Beat Hazard combines Geometry Wars and audio surf. So it, it takes the, the, you know, twin stick, uh, shooting other things as they're flying around, asteroids kind of, uh, gameplay. And depending on, you know, the, the beat of the song of, you know, how much, how basically, it's basically how much noise is coming through your headphones. Um, it varies, you know, the power of your weapons and how fast the things on the screen are moving. Um, and it's pretty crazy, pretty hectic, pretty awesome. Um, and it is completely multi-platform. It's available on PC, on Android, on iOS. Um, and from, you know, the, the type of game that it is, you know, um, I prefer playing it on mobile just because, um, you know, it, it doesn't take very long to play. Um, and, you know, so it's just a quick pick it up and get some, you know, points and then, you know, you're done and, and I'll have to worry about it. Um, however, uh, the unfortunate thing about, uh, playing it on Android with, you know, Google music is that there is no API for other apps to, to get access to the Google music that you have. So it can't get any of my songs while I'm on my tablet. Um, so I have to either play with like the, you know, five stock songs that it came with or just listen to some internet radio station. Smooth jazz is pretty boring in this game. Why would you listen to smooth jazz? Because I knew you were going to react that way. <laughs> yeah. And to be ironic because, you know, this is a game that is clearly meant to be played to, you know, electronic, uh, you know, um, dubstep you know what have you uh stuff with a good beat and uh you know i decided you know just play it on the most calming stuff that i could think of and uh yeah what in orchestral music specifically stuff from the romantic period well see i don't have internet radio stations that are that specific Pandora. Sorry. Well, no, it, but I can't access Pandora from there. They have like, you know, a list of internet radio stations that they know of that like, you know, you can tune into. Um, yeah. So it's a really, it's a really good game. Um, I enjoyed it. Actually, the controls on mobile are almost as good as actually using a controller, which is amazing. Um, and the, 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 the one, the, the really good thing about it is that they have, um, floating um analog sticks so where yeah so so wherever like if as you're as you're moving um you know my my tendency is to kind of keep going with my thumb because you know 
uh, I, I want to move faster, even though it doesn't make me move faster. I move my thumb farther, and the, the analog stick just kind of follows my thumb up there. So then, as soon as I want to move in the other direction, any any movement down, you know, or in a different direction, will cause the analog stick to bump in that direction and also moving that direction. Whereas, if, if the analog stick just stayed in one spot, I would have to go all the way back to where the analog stick was and go in a different direction, you know. That's pretty handy. It is pretty handy. Um, That's pretty neat. It, it, the only awkward thing is sometimes I end up with like both of my thumbs like kind of almost overlapping each other because I'm moving my hands like all over the screen. <laughs> and <laughs> cause I, cause I'm so dumb that I just do that. Um, but yeah, it's pretty easy to like get them back to where they were. Um, and yeah, so, so obviously the advantage to playing it on my computer is that I have my entire library of music on there and I can play any game. Um, unfortunately, I don't have a controller, which is, a, works a lot better than keyboard and mouse, believe me, um, for this game. Um, yeah. One unfortunate thing about it though is that, um, as you keep playing, you know, the more songs that you have completely beaten, um, the more, of these um, perks that you can unlock, right? And yeah. the perks either, you know, are are points bonus things, or you know, they give you more lives or whatever. You know, let you allow you to survive longer. And I would prefer having a system where it's just how how much skill I have. You know, how much better I get at the game by playing it determines how many points I get. I don't want to get more points just by virtue of having played five more games than the person next to me. You know what I mean? Um, so it is kind of unfortunate, but, you know, it, it rectifies itself because as, as, you know, if somebody is a lot better than me, then if they've played, uh, you know, it, that, then they'll probably play more games and, you know, keep getting better and actually getting perks that I wouldn't be able to get because I'm not as good as them. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's a fun game. It's a really fun game. So I'll definitely have to check it out. And yep. And I actually got it when it was in the uh, Humble Bundle. So I got it for super, super cheap. I am not sure how much money it costs on Steam. Here, I'll look that up right now. Ten bucks. Ten bucks. Yeah, that's, perfect. the, that's perfectly if, reasonable. If you get Beat Hazard Complete, then it's 13 bucks. Uh, what comes with the Complete? Beat Hazard Complete. Um, you get the Beat Hazard Ultra and the iTunes and M4A file support. Oh, interesting. So the 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 first time that they released it, apparently they could not get iTunes files. Um, and if you want that, then you need to get the yeah the complete version. Yeah. Um, and I'm I'm sure you know this is an indie game, so I'm sure that it will go on sale. Um at some point, you know, and you'll probably be able to pick it up for like $2.50. Um, but it's, it's a, it's a really fun game to just, you know, pick up and, and blast things apart and get some points and watch crazy strobing lights and, uh, and listen to awesome music because I'm sure that whatever music you like to listen to is awesome music to you. Yep. yep. <laughs> All right. Special announcements and reviews or in releases. Releases. Yes. So, Dust 514, the PlayStation 3 tie-in to EVE Online, launched on 14. Which is really funny. I, I wonder if they did that on purpose. Because the, the, hmm. the, the game's name is 514, 514. And, it, and it launched on 514. 514. 
Um, and also, Metro Last Light came out. Oh, I really wish that I had played like Metro 2033 before now, and then I would have time to actually go and play Metro Last Light, but I haven't. So, yeah. We'll have, we'll just have to find somebody else who buys it and, uh, and plays it. I'll text Kyle. Awesome. <laughs> no, I'll do that a little bit later. And, um, that's, those are probably some of the last, uh, major releases that we're going to see for quite a while because we are about to enter the, uh, you know, the summer lull of, uh, you know, absolutely no video game releases going on. So we'll have plenty of time to actually catch up. Well, I'll have plenty of time to actually catch up on things and, uh, review lots of games and, and, uh, yeah, stick around. And I might have to, ooh, how'd I do that? How would you do that? Well, I, mean, I love I mean, it when you do this, when you go off on tangents in your mind and don't tell any of us. <laughs> so I'm like my little brother. Wow. I'm surprised that you're admitting that. He's my little brother. I mean, I'm going to be like him in at least a few ways. That's true. That's true. Um, oh, shit. What was I going to say? I don't know. Uh, see, so we were talking about, ta- I don't know, that tangents came afterwards. Um, oh, that's right. What I was thinking to do. Over the summer, I might end up having to give you my credit card info. For um, okay. Steam summer sales. Ah, so that then I can go and buy things that are on your wish list when you, uh, you know, are away. Yeah, or I'll, I'll, I'll shoot you a text when I say, "Hey, what's on sale this week?" And you'll be like, "This," and I'll be like, "Okay, this, please." Do it. Do it. Do it. You have to do it. Oh, great! Now I've got him doing accents again. You always have. Me. It's Everybody not hard. Always it's accents. not hard to get you doing accents at all. Oh, same thing with Carol. <laughs> what? Nothing. We'll talk about it in the fridge. Wait, what? Kale- what is Caleb's laptop doing to you? Oh, nothing about Caleb's laptop. We'll talk about it in the fridge. All <laughs> right. All the juicy details in the fringe. So, this has been 8 Bit, everybody. Thanks for listening. This is Bye-bye. Ian Buck signing off. And Ian Decker. Have a nice week. <laughs>